Alright everybody, you hear the piano in the background. That means one thing. We're talking movies today. Um, it's a special day for the Tim and Tony podcast uh, because we have a new Christopher Nolan movie out. Um, as you guys know, that's a huge day for me. Um, Tim, not so much, but we're going to get his take on the movie regardless. Um, so Tim, you and I have both seen Tenet. Oh, we went out to the theaters to very empty theaters, thankfully, and I made sure that when I saw it, I was the only person in the theater. Um, how did you feel about the movie? Yeah, so um, this is going to be the take that I probably get dragged on more than any other one since my Star Wars one. Um, I actually, this is the first movie where I, I did fall asleep briefly in the theater. I did for like a solid like 10 minutes and then I got like woken up by like some gunfire I hate you I know I know and a lot of people are gonna hate hearing this and that's that's fine I'm in the minority here and I understand that that's why I'm only gonna get a few more seconds in um my I I don't think it's a bad movie I I I think it's good I I see what they were trying to do it just bored the ever-living hell out of me because this is a personal thing I I don't like I don't like movies or books. I don't like as a storytelling archetype. I don't like this as a device. I don't like when people withhold 99% of the information throughout most of the movie and that's what makes it interesting. Because and if you do that, the information it just in in this movie if they had someone explain the rules like they did in Inception where there's like a, a five minute scene where Leo explains the rules. If someone did that in this movie, I don't think it's that interesting. And frankly, the movie bored me. It just, it was, it did not, it, it, it was so uninteresting. I, I can't, I'm, I'm apologizing, but I don't even know why I'm apologizing. I, I, I just, I couldn't get into it. And I like a lot of his movies. I've been watching a few recently. I just, Maybe it was late at night. I have no idea, but this one really did not do it for me. So, and, and not in a like, not in a. It was bad. Like, like you know, I thought it was good. I thought it was well done. I, but it just didn't do it for me. So I, I'll, I'll just start by saying this: you don't need to apologize. Uh, this is a this is an open space here at the Tim and Tony podcast to uh, talk about your opinions about things especially movies um i think the piano kind of sets the mood and sets the tone until of positivity. sean comes back on <laughs> yeah, until we have sean him on to on just drags me yeah and i'm sure he will because uh he loved the movie but um i i mean it was two and a half hours of christopher nolan just flexing his muscles the entire time showing us that he's one of the best filmmakers that we've ever seen um, and that he has perfect command of the medium. I mean, so real quick, though, I wanted to respond to one thing that you said. You don't like it when the rules are withheld. Isn't one of your favorite movies Memento? Yeah, so it's not one of my favorite movies of all time. It's probably my second favorite that he's done. And it's for the entire experience 
of watching that film and kind of going through it and learning a little bit by little bit as it goes. And that film felt more... <sighs> I guess what bored me about this is that it, it, it felt too much like a Transformers movie and that there was just explosion after explosion after gunshot after, gu- after building collapsing after building collapsing. And it's like, okay, like that, that stuff has just never done it for me. It, it bores me after a while of seeing it. Like there's, I, I kept like, I think an hour and a half through the movie, I audibly said out loud and pro- someone probably heard me like, what is the point? And yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I want to shut up because I'm going <laughs> to, this is, <laughs> I don't know that I even want this released to posterity. I know that it's such a bad, unpopular take. I just, I fell asleep during it. Like, I don't know what you want me to say. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. Um, you and I are going to have to see it again. We're going to have to get you some coffee. Um, I honestly and... don't want to see it again. <laughs> I, I have no desire. Okay. I, I well, would avoid that. <laughs> well, walking out of the movie seeing as I'm someone who this is I mean just give me a IV drip of this movie for the rest of my life and I'll be happy um I loved it I loved every moment of it I thought John David Washington was fantastic um I God bless Michael Caine he came in he threw some fastballs and he got out I was so happy seeing him uh in the movie and he was just perfect for his uh 45 seconds but I, the movie, to me, I walked out and the first thing I thought of was, well, that was if you put pr- the prestige in the world of Inception. And it was awesome. In the same way, the, pr- the prestige, like once you see it once, anytime you see it subsequently the impact of the final moments of the movie are completely different and you'll never watch the movie the same again, but it's in this world that needs to be explained to you. And it's a world that Christopher Nolan built just out of thin air where we have Robert Pattinson just running around doing, just doing King shit and John David Washington being, you know, the protagonist. Uh, it's, it's so creative. The great thing about Christopher Nolan movies to this point now, you see something you've never seen before. You see someone that's so creative and willing to take chances to the point where I don't think there's a comparable filmmaker around right now making the original stories that Christopher Nolan is. Am I wrong about that? No, I give him full points for creativity. I should have I should have led with that actually. I give him full points for creating an original story out of out of thin fucking air, which is something that's so rare today. Yeah, full credit for that. And it, it's just it, it's so exciting. Like I it hit me when I was walking to the theater cuz you know, I haven't left my house in 4 months, but it hit me like I have no idea other than I know I'm going to see John David Washington and I know I'm going to see Robert Pattinson and I didn't know that Michael Caine was going to be in the movie, but it's a Christopher Nolan movie, so I knew Michael Caine was going to be in the movie. Um, other than that, I didn't know much. And that, you know you know me, and uh, for the listeners that don't, I love walking into movies not having any expectations because I just want to experience the movie pure. And people and, who aren't that way are the worst. Just saying. But yeah, keep going. 
like like Sean. Yeah, they're the worst. <laughs> where they're like, dude, in the middle, there's gonna be this. It's like, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Why did I spend money to come to this thing if you're gonna tell me what happens? Like, shut up. Yeah, and I I, I sat down. The opening scene, um, it might be my second favorite opening scene from Chris Nolan. Uh, the first, oh, yeah. obviously, being obviously being the Dark Knight. Um, but that opening scene, it's like, oh my god! And I, did you get as anxious as I did when I saw an entire opera house filled with nobody wearing masks? Honestly, I had I did have that reaction where I was like, boy, that doesn't seem safe. And I was like, whoa, wow, we've really we've really gone a long ways. <laughs> yeah. So, and what's I'll have? It's not a joke. It's actually kind of a morbid thought that I had. But like it was that feeling and then the feeling of, wait a minute, it's a shoot like and I'm being serious. It's a shooting in a theater. That's creepy as hell. Like that's that's a bold move. If you're Christopher Nolan to be starting out a movie when, you know, when he was making the movie, he was thinking that it was going to be, you know, the theaters are going to be filled. And, you know, there's a shooting in the theater when, you know one of the famous theater shootings was for the dark Knight. it's a bold it was a very very bold move um but as like i said it was beautifully done um just watching i I can't wait to see it again just because he comes out swinging just like he did in dark Knight. you don't know anything about the movie you know even less because there's not a prequel and there's no widely known ip we all know who we all knew who the Joker was. We all knew, knew who Batman was. With this movie, John David Washington, all we know is his name is the protagonist. I can't think of something more general <laughs> and less helpful other than we know he's the main character. And it's just, it's so perfectly shot and it's so evident that it's perfectly shot throughout the entire movie. It's, I, I, I as I texted you, I could go on for about 10 hours just on this movie without having seen it again. The only other point that I wanted to say is what's awesome is at the end of the movie, Robert Pattinson, who, and we might get into this another time, but Robert Pattinson for me is the unmoved mover in the story because he's the one that's going back in and kind of improvising to make sure that uh, the situation ends up the way that it should and that's a very interesting just kind of side note to the movie because he's not even the main character and he's the sort of just like glue guy he's the utility player in this whole story that's wildly interesting but they make the comment at the end of the movie that john david washington as far as we've seen has only lived half of his story he's only lived half the pincer movement and i had a thought and I want, I want to see where your head goes with this. Does that mean that the movie, or the, if there were to be a second half of the movie, if we were to see the second half of the pincer movement, would we see the exact same movie except for literary backwards? Because it would just be a mirror of itself? Or would it be a completely different experience seeing the second half of the pincer? Because then you would be seeing the other John David Washington's experience, but the same one. If I'm explaining it well, let me know if I need to try it again. Yeah, I have no comment on that. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, 
I don't know. I, 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 I see why people like these movies. I see why film critics love these movies. It's if it's one of my if it's one of my blind spots, I'm okay with it. Like there's there's mo- there's just movies like this for me. I'll say one thing about it though, and I'll say that I'm glad that he held out and didn't sell it to Hulu or Dis or not Disney, but you know what I mean, like a Hulu or, or an HBO, Apple Plus, Netflix. Yeah, or somebody, and because at least the theater I was in, they had like upgraded the sound from the last time I'd been in there years ago, or whatever. However long it's been since I've been in a Harkins here in Arizona, and the sound was like really, really incredible with that movie, and it, it always is. Like I, I, th- I believe the people who do the scores for his movies have won more Oscars than he has. In fact, I know they have. Um, so. The music, the sound, um, really incredible. Like you said, it's just, it's well shot. It's well done. There's things that I can appreciate and not enjoy. And I appreciate it. I don't ever want to see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and what you're talking about is the mechanics of the movie are just perfect. Like it's it's beautifully shot and it's just beautifully set. Um, And just a shout out, because you said uh, the score was fantastic. Ludwig Jorgensen. He's the uh, guy that um, also scored The Mandalorian. He's oh, okay. just, he's he's fantastic. And yeah, you're right. The, the movie was f- just expertly shot. Hans Zimmer is also a guy that does uh, work with Christopher Nolan. But I will say, though, um, it seems as though critics tend to more closely agree with you than me. Because as of right now, it's at 74% of Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's 60- pretty good, though. 69% on Metacritic and 79 on IMDb. I mean, it's... For what it is, I think that's pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I just... That that disappoints me because, you know, I, I absolutely loved it. And what's interesting is the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is also a 78%. So, you know, it's, it's not one of his more beloved movies, uh, at least initially. Which I find interesting because it's probably I, his most creative and most bold. I think that as time goes on, people who like his movies will like this one more. Um, and I also think there's some fatigue setting in with 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 these movies. And you saw it. You saw Tarantino go through this a little bit with Hateful Eight, where there was just like a fatigue. Ooh there was just a fatigue with his movies and people are like, well, we've seen this kind of camera mechanics. We've seen the score. We've seen all of the, all of the crazy shit that you can do. And this one didn't like blow my brain out the back of my, at the back of my school with how good it was. So I'm going to say that I didn't like it. And that's what happened with hateful eight. And I, you know, it, it happened a little bit with Dunkirk, but I think that it's, I think I didn't even know the scores until you just said that to me, but that's my just initial off the cuff thought is that that could be what's happening here is a little fatigue, a little taking for granted and it happens. It's natural. Yeah. I mean, and what's to your point, while I keep saying that it's shot perfectly, it's shot exactly. And I mean, exactly like the dark Knight, the dark Knight rises Dunkirk yes. and inception. Yep. Like it's shot the exact same way, which for me personally, keep giving it to me give me nine more movies of that because i I absolutely love it but if you're not a fanboy like me i can understand where it's like okay yo like i just like just swap out leo 
for or just swap out John David Washington for Leo and it's the same movie just a different story yeah and I and I get that but I I just I love the movie I'm, I'm very happy that I got to see it in the theater uh, what's funny and real quick and then we'll uh, we'll throw it to JDef and then we'll get into the main story of today um but um Sean again uh, the Tim and Tony Pods uh, favorite comedian Sean Malavi and I uh, went to one of the Regals down here in San Diego. Uh, no free ads, but you know they're open, uh, so it's not like we not like we're endorsing them. They just happen to be the one company that's willing to be open right. to liability. Um, they had the theater we went to. Do you know what 4DX is, Tim? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not hip so, with the kids and all their te- television stuff now. So the seats move. Oh, nice. Uh, air gets blown on you, near you, and around you. Uh, water shoots out from places that makes me question uh, the sanitation uh, yeah, level at the I, place. I appreciate that. But uh, it was very interesting. Uh, it, it, was, it, it was an interesting way to see a movie... The, the seat for me was wildly uncomfortable because you know I've I've I'm I might be 24 but I've got like a 47 year old back, um, and so that wasn't that that wasn't appreciative. But seeing a Chris Nolan movie with the sort of the, with the ambiance kind of taking you into the movie, some of the driving scenes were really cool because as the cars veering, you're veering with it. It was it was very nice. But yeah, we kind of we kind of went all out and spent you know the seventy dollars a ticket that it cost to uh, to go see a movie out here. Um, yeah, I the one kind of disappointing thing for me is I don't think um, cinematography will probably end up getting a uh, a nom an Oscar nom. Uh, the sound mixing apparently had some issues. I don't know if you read about that, but the thirty-five millimeter and seventy millimeter. Um, we're having some sound mixing issues, so a lot of those theaters had to switch to digital. So that's probably not a good sign for them getting an Oscar nom. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to win Best Director because I'm not the voting population of the Academy. Um, and it's, you know, we'll see we'll see if it gets any acting love uh, for maybe Kenneth Branagh or uh, John Hill Washington. But uh, overall, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it seems like. Chris Nolan fans love it, and other people, they went and saw it, and that's about it. Um, any other thoughts, Tim? I, hi- I hesitate to ask, but any other thoughts? <laughs> None. Yeah, I've, I've said all that I want to say, and I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to you guys adding me on this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, again, this is a, this is a happy place. Uh, this, th- we're trying to have a happy pod uh, today. Like I said, we got the piano in the background, which we're about to cut to go to JDF, and we're going to start talking basketball. So, uh, yeah, thank you, Christopher Nolan. Please continue to grace us with more movies. And thank you, John David Washington, for turning in a great performance. JDF, play us in. Shipping no time, no place. 
So now that we got my Christopher Nolan uh, uh, fan fan fest out of the way, what are we talking about today? Thank God. Um, so we're talking a little basketball. Um, my baseball team died uh, in a tragic, horrible accident. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do, so- let's do two. Let's do two minutes on that. We're at the 20, 20 minute mark. Twenty minutes and ten seconds. Uh, let's keep it to 22 minutes and 15 seconds. Go. Diamondbacks. I, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even. It's so sad. I mean, it, someone took my baseball team out behind the barn and like just emptied a clip in the back of its head. Like <laughs> this has been the most depressing baseball season, like just overall. Like I'm, I'm so not interested in any of the storylines, and I'm a big baseball guy. I, I just can't get into it. And then my own team just sells the farm. Uh, I don't think this is good for the sport. I'm, I'm no expert, but I think the just utter lack of interest. I mean, turn on Sports Center, turn on any of the sports shows, and oh, see what they're talking. No, about. no, you, you, you can't make me turn on ESPN. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like, like, what are they talking about? Like, it, like I listen to a lot of sports pods when I'm out and about. I'm not going to say at the gym because I've, <laughs> I've said that too oh, many times worry. on this we'll, podcast. Don't don't worry, we'll we'll get some gym stories here at the end. Yeah, but Cause, like, because those those that make it to the end, they one of the favorite things that they like to hear is your gym stories. <laughs> but it's. I don't know. I look at it like this and we're going to talk about Giannis here in a second, but I don't see a world where small market teams exist in 20 years at the rate that we're doing it right now, where they're being propped up by city governments who this pandemic will accelerate it, but they're going to get smarter. They don't actually have enough money for players. So they're deferring money for 20 years (laughs) and they're trading that guy halfway through because they're taking out loans to pay him. I don't see how it's sustainable. I mean, I, I actually do see a world in 20 years from now where there's like a 10-team baseball league, similar to like the like a Premier League in soccer. but Like what we saw uh, in Inception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, I, I, really do, I really do see something like that. I just don't see how this keeps up. Like you've got these small market teams that, have one bad season and they have to sell everything off because there's no money coming in. They don't, they just don't make enough money. And All right, I'm going to get, I'm going to give my, myself 15 seconds here. So, um, it sucks. Um, it was so bad that my case and decided to send out an email to all the fans. Are you on that email list? <laughs> that was sad. Yeah, no, I got that. That was pathetic. We, we, we got to send we, that. <laughs> So I'm I'm on the email uh, blast list for uh, his apology. Um, it was like an hour after the deadline, and he wrote out like this essay. Um, so that that was great. Uh, thanks, Mike. Um, I would have rather you spend more time figuring out what we're going to do with our bullpen than uh, trying to yeah. make me feel better on an email that I subsequently deleted two paragraphs in. Yeah, but, I don't give a shit. Um, uh, the the best thing that I can say is uh, I don't know if you saw this, but two straight days Archie Bradley struck out uh, Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, 
neither being on the uh, Diamondbacks. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a perfect microcosm of uh, small market baseball fans uh, at the, what seems like the tail end of uh, <laughs> baseball's uh, importance. So. Now that that's done, and now wow, we only took three minutes on that. I'm 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 proud of us, Tim. So, uh, what are we talking about? So I want to. We're we're recording this right after um, the Bucks lost in this series, and mercifully, it's the, yeah, it's the rare it's the rare series where everybody's calling for the upset, and it actually happens, and. It's actually for some reason because the Miami Heat just absolutely trounced them for most of this series. It's becoming underrated how kind of insane it is that they're that the the team with the best record in the NBA just got beaten like that. Um, and just just FYI, because we're recording it right now during the Lakers Rockets game, the other number one seed is up one hundred three ninety one with two and a half minutes left. Yeah, and, and that other seed being LeBron James. Just FYI. Here's the thing. I I know that the conversation has to be on on what to what do you do with Giannis. My thing is this: I I don't like the comparisons to him and LeBron in Cleveland in 2010 because I, I don't like it because the Bucks have a much better team than Cleveland ever had before he came you're, back. So and, wait a minute, you're preemptively arguing against my take that I'm about to do. I like yeah, this. no, well, I, like I, I guess I guess I am if that's your take. I. I just think that this team, when you look at how it's constructed, they they haven't been just complete and utter dumbasses the the entire time. I mean, it's weird. He is he is someone that is that even though he's at about the same point as LeBron was, where we really started digging in on him, he still seems like he's at that young and untouchable phase where we can't ask what the hell. Um, yeah, you know why that is, Tim. Enlighten me. Is it because that he plays like 25 minutes a game and is on a minutes restriction during the second <laughs> round of the playoffs? No, but that doesn't help because Coach Bud still thinks we're, you know, in February. Yeah, but, that guy. Um, Brilliant yeah. mind, that um, guy. Yeah, hey, he got the – he was the coach of the Rockets or the Hawks when uh, they got swept by the Cavs once upon a time, right? Yeah, I'm not convinced of Coach Bud's greatness. I just want to say hey, that. Like, you know, you know, he's how about this? He's better than uh, Igor Kakashkov. Yeah, I don't know about that. Anybody who comes through the Sun system, I always say give him a second chance. <laughs> they gave Hornacek a second chance. Well, um, but no. So here's the thing about Giannis, and the reason why I draw comparisons to uh, the end of LeBron's first run with Cleveland. Um. So when you don't have LeBron James, chances are you're not going to have a player that's nearly as good as LeBron James. And that's what I think we're seeing in Milwaukee. So Giannis is a great player. Obviously, that's an understatement. He's a back-to-back MVP. But he's not as good as LeBron. I don't think he ever will be as good as LeBron. No. And... When you see the talent that's on Milwaukee, it's at one it's at one point far better than was ever in Cleveland prior to uh, prior to LeBron coming back um, to Cleveland. But that's the problem is that it has to be so much better. And it's not because Chris Middleton, he's nice. 
he's what a two or three time All Star, and they paid him, and he's good, and he's a better player than LeBron had up until he met up with Wade and Bosch. But the Bucks just aren't good enough. If Giannis is going to be your number one player, you need another killer. Because Giannis isn't a consistent shooter, and everyone wants to keep saying that he's, you know, still developing. Uh, I mean, the guy's a two-time MVP, and he's about to be done with his second contract. I'm not, I'm not willing to write off him improving anymore, but I don't think we're going to see him shooting 38% from three, or 36, or what have you. I just don't. And he's not as dynamic of a player as LeBron is because he's not that he's not as good of a passer. He's not as good of a shooter. And, you know, he's this playoffs has really shown me that he's just not as dynamic of an offensive player. I mean, if you can put a wall in front of him, like every single person keeps saying, that's not a good sign. And, you know, if you've got Chris Middleton, if you've got Brooke Lopez, if you've got a lot of good pieces, Eric Bledsoe, I mean, these guys are very good rotational pieces, Middleton being a very good second option. And they can't even get into the third round. They can't even well, win that's not more fair, than though. one game. Because why? They, they, they took the champs to six in the Eastern Conference Finals a year ago. I don't think it's fair to say that they can't get out of the second round. Like, they were up two games to zero against the Raptors last year who go on to win the finals. Okay. So okay. I, I just, and, I don't, and, and, I don't like the narrative that like this team can't, cause that, that seemingly it's like everyone skipped over last year and they're remembering the years before that, where they lost in the first round, I think two years in a row. And I just, I, I don't think that's fair at all to like, sure. I, but, but further, furthering my comparison to LeBron though, cause LeBron, and the Cavs with, you know, Daniel Booby Gibson as the second best player and Plinger Fischitis ridden Larry Hughes, they made it to the NBA Finals. They got swept, but they made it to the NBA Finals in 07-08. Oh, yeah. It's a and disappointment. So, but, and so that's kind of the disappointment with Giannis. They, all, they were a couple games away from the Finals, and now they just, they just, they just looked flat. They it, it kind of looks sad to see to see him just not. I mean, he put out numbers, but it just wasn't enough, and it wasn't consistent enough. And the others on the team just weren't good enough. And seeing his face um, on the bench uh, in Game Four, he's just kind of staring off into space. That's when it finally clicked for me. It's like, oh, he's having thoughts. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are saying that he's built differently, that, you know, he just wants to win. You mentioned earlier, though, that um, it's a what do you do with Giannis thing. I don't think it's what do you do with Giannis. I don't think it's the Bucks decision. I I, I think it's well, it if is you're for Giannis, one more year. Well, sure. But that's not that's not the important thing, because it's up to Giannis. If, if you're Giannis, what are you doing? I think that's the important question. Are you going to stick it out with Middleton? Or are you the person, for the first time in three decades, are you the person that's going to go to the Knicks? Um, are you going to go to the Warriors? Are you going to go to the Suns? Hey, no. we've got DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Milwaukee, you want to get a little Middleton and Ayton if action? They do he'll, that. Bring, he'll bring some juice with him. Maybe Middleton will be a second no. All-NBA guy after that. 
Look, if they you can do give that, them some asking I take, agents. I take back all the nice things I've said about the Milwaukee organization if they do that trade. <laughs> if they, well, they if, pay Eric Bledsoe. That's yeah, not a good sign. I don't know, dude. Like, I mean, we can litigate every single move that they made. They get Chris Middleton, who's a second-round pick, who is basically a G League player. They develop him into a guy who makes the all-star team this year. I mean, they, they draft Malcolm Brogdon. I understand they don't keep him. but oh, Don't like, get me wrong. They're on a curve. They're, they're 100% on a curve, and they're not being judged by the same goalposts and the same rules as the Cavs were. Because yeah. the Cavs, the, it, I'm not talking about the front offices are the same. What I'm saying is I truly think that Giannis is thinking right now the team's not good enough. Well, I think that there's a world. I truly think that. I just think that there's a world where they do what the Sixers do. They trade every single asset they have for an overpriced team that doesn't work hey, well together. Like, hey, who mean, was on the market? Who was on the market I, that they could have gotten that would have made this team like exponentially better? I, they can I go know. get Tobias Harris. Ugh. I, I'm sure. I'm sure he's available. Oh, he's available right now. <laughs> if you uh, call them, they'll, they'll give him to you for nothing. Just if you, you just sure gotta take the money. I'm sure he's available. I, Westbrook might be available uh, once the right w- once the Rockets lose in five. Um, you know. Uh, speaking of which, here let's see. Um, and I know you have to wrap it up. Oh yeah, final one twelve one hundred two. So currently, my prediction's working out well. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I don't know if Milwaukee's going to be able to put the talent around him, but. Here's the big butt, and then I think we might be uh, we might be heading out. If Giannis wants to get paid, he's going to have to stay because who knows what's going to be going on with the cap. I've read some places that's going to go down. I've heard some places it's going to stay the same. Who knows? There's one team that has his bird rights. That's the team that's going to be able to pay him, and he's been making, what, $23 million a year? He's going to want more, I'm guessing. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I touched on this a little bit, but like, I, I'd personally like to see him stay in Milwaukee as a selfish thing. I think the league's very balanced, um, where we've got some small market teams with a shot to, you know, to win this thing. And I think that that's exciting. Um, but if I'm Milwaukee, I, I said this when Durant left OKC. What's the point to being a basketball franchise then? Like, like seriously, what's, what is the point? If you can't keep that guy, if you can't convince that guy to stay, and the only teams we've seen do it are in huge markets, I don't know what the point is to having a basketball team like that. Like, why aren't we just in LA, Chicago, New York, and Miami? And we just have like, or in San Francisco, like we just have, we just have three teams in, in all those cities that can actually afford it because you, you have, you have no idea how much I want Daryl Morey to somehow figure out a way to get Kevin Durant. That oh. would make me so happy because if Daryl Morey could just say, Hey, okay, so I'm going to take Harden off your hands. Cause you guys can't afford him. I'm going to take Harden off your hands. thus breaking up potentially one of the best big threes we could have ever seen, which, you know, hindsight's 2020, who knows if Harden becomes the player that he does, you know, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But how amazing would it be if Daryl Morey, just the long play, he's like, okay, I'm going to get Harden. Then a couple years later, they're going to want to get rid of Westbrook. 
And then when KD leaves, because he's going to want to go to somewhere like, oh, I don't know, Golden State, then they're not going to be able to pay him. And then he's going to leave. I'm going to be able to get him because I love that. I love the core that they have. That would just, oh, that would make me so happy because it would just show the incompetence of, and oddly enough, the incompetence of Sam Presti, who's regarded as one of the best front office guys in the league. That would just be amazing. That would be amazing if more, if Daryl could, could pull that off. I agree. And I just want to say, like, if Giannis wants to move to a better city than Milwaukee, <laughs> I mean, first of all, it's not that hard to find a better city than Milwaukee. And Jeez. he's somebody... Have you been there? No, no, and I don't want to. I know several people from there, though. I know a lot of people from Milwaukee, and I don't like any of them. So, <laughs> And by the way, we say the same thing about our hometown, so it's not we're, yeah, we're not yeah. punching down. We are very much punching at least laterally. Yeah, no, Milwaukee sucks. And he's one of the people who can like if you don't want if you want to live somewhere better and you can make more money than God in a year to do it. Like, I'm not going to begrudge you that. Like, how could I like you're an asshole if you're like, no, stay in Milwaukee. Like, no, shut up. Like, if he wants to come live in L.A., he wants to live in New York or Miami or Chicago, like any of the great cities. Oh, the, oh, oh, you just said it. Yeah, I he's know. Gonna pull, he's he's going to pull a Durant. He's going to go to the team that beat him. I, I don't. He's going to he's, he's gonna go later, to Miami. It's a little different. It's a year nah, later. Nah, he's going to figure it out. He's going to pull an Anthony Davis. Watch. I think he goes to Golden State, if anything. But I, God, God, I, that I would really, be that would be insufferable. And if them winning the lottery is what change, it's what changes that whole thing. Just a horseshoe up their ass for, for an entire decade. It would just exhaust me. Seriously. And like, what's, I don't get this, this loyalty thing. Like I, I get it that everyone's going to say that I'm young and I don't understand this at all, but who gives a, like, who is that for? Like what, why would you stay in a city, a shitty city, all offense meant, by the way, for for twenty years. Just hey, so whoa, 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 whoa! Don't say it too loud so that Devin Booker hears this. Stop. I'm well. Here's the like: Why would you stay there for twenty years and get free drinks for the rest of your life when you could just move to a better city and win rings, get more endorsements, get paid to be on TV after your career because you were actually? I I don't get it. I I don't get why anybody. Would 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 choose to stay in in Milwaukee based on all the economic circumstances? And anybody who says that going to a big city doesn't matter, you're nuts. Okay, like if you look at the economics of any of these guys when they go to bigger cities and the endorsements that they get and how much more money they get to wear a shirt in the, you know walking up to the stadium that day, like just I don't even want to talk about it. It's it's so ridiculous that people are like, well, it's the same. You can get the same endorsements in OKC as you can't. Like, no, you can't. No, you can't. It's not the but same. Hey, Devin Booker, you absolutely can, and you should <laughs> get that secure the bag, my friend. Uh, come come on the pod. We'd love to have you. But you know, Arizona is great. Um, don't listen to any of our previous pods because we were joking earlier. This is the only part that I'm talking seriously about Phoenix. It's lovely. It's a great place to be single. I know you're uh, enjoying that right now. And it's right <laughs> by where all the Kardashians are. Um, so that works out for you, my friend. 
So, yeah. Yeah, it's um, like Kevin Durant goes for the Alibaba money on the Nets, and he went for the tech money, and Gold's like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I do think that it's inevitable that he's going to leave. I think the people are like, he's different. Um, I, I'm really confused by that because it's like it's insinuating that guys that work hard don't want better situations. Kawhi um, Leonard left San Antonio. Yeah, it's. It's just kind of Donald dumb. Trump is president. We don't know what's going to happen. Stop saying you know what's going to happen. Stop saying that you know that you, what Giannis is thinking because you don't. Nobody I does. I think he's going to take a. I don't even think. Deal. I don't even think Giannis knows what he's going to do. That look on his face looked like he had just had the first thought of maybe I shouldn't be here. Like I, who knows? We could be getting reports tomorrow that he signs with Clutch and that he wants to be a Laker. Who knows? Oh, it, that's nobody. Coming. Yeah, the, cl- I, the clutch I, thing. I, the clutch thing's right around the corner, and I don't know if it's going to be the Lakers. I pray for but it. I, I, I really, it. I do. Because now you know who else is a clutch client, Tim, Devin Booker. Yeah, he's coming to Phoenix, my friend. Well, he's, he's not a clutch client yet. Um, On, oh, he will be. Oh, Giannis is you, coming. Giannis but is coming when to you're the a year out, this is when you get a new agent. This is the move that we've seen time yeah. and time again. Absolutely. This is when guys go. You get Rich Paul in the room, and what you do is you tell him. You remember Randy Johnson when he came in 99? You know how he's 6'11"? And he kind of. has no idea who that is. Goes by a different (laughs) beat. We're going to bring him in. We're going to win this team its first championship. That's what's going to happen. Devin Booker's going to be Kurt Schilling, hopefully with different political views, and it's going to be great. That is never going to happen. I'm just going fantastic. I hate to I'm be the bearer of that think of news. Giannis is not coming here. And the Phoenix fans that think he is are out of their minds. So I'm thinking, is Cam Johnson going to be Gonzo? Like what's, I wonder, I wonder where the, where the, you know, the sad thing about the Suns, they would still screw it up. I just know they would just somehow, even if, even if it did happen, we'd go like 500. Like now here's cursed. what we do. Here's we're what we do. We would make reason. Like the Milwaukee's cursed because they took money from their city. We're cursed because we took <laughs> money from our city. Okay, Twice. it's a bad omen. Um, yeah. Um, no, but you know what will happen if the trade happens. We're going to give literally our entire roster and our next two decades of picks and keep Booker. So then they sell the sa- to the fan base. We have Booker and Giannis, but then we're going to have like a 2010-11 Heat bench. And we don't. And when you don't have LeBron, Wade, Bosch all in their primes, that's a problem. And then we'll be five hundred. That's exactly what's going to happen. Basically, what the Lakers are this year, but yeah, except for it. they're about, to, except for they're about to go to the conference uh, conference finals and beat beat uh, Pandemic P and make it to the finals against the uh, Celtics. But yeah, sure. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's a a sad conversation for me because it it just comes back to like a lot of things that I don't like about sports. Um, So Tim, we've, we've got, we've got a few minutes left. You mentioned uh, the gym. Uh, I'm guessing that it's pretty interesting out there in Arizona. What's going on. Last time I believe you were talking about the uh, dude, the Batman or not Batman, Spider-Man suit. Spider-Man suit. I haven't seen Spider-Man in a while. I have seen some really interesting shit though. Oh, I mean, okay. do tell. I, yesterday I saw a guy who had four uh, 
monster energy drinks, the other monster drinks. He had four drinks lined up. And by the time I was done with my set, which took less than 10 minutes, he had just crushed all of them. Oh, no. And he was just like, gulp, gulp. I mean, he was just down. And I, I've never, the guy was huge. Uh, like, like, the guy was like uh, legit huge. And I was like, damn. So that was interesting. Um, Wait, hold on. I, I, I have questions. Were they diff- all different flavors or no, were they all no, the no, same no. flavor? They, no, they were all like blue. He was, that, that blue like cotton candy flavor, I think. I don't know. I haven't had them since I was like 12. Um, yeah, the, the Mountain Dew of energy drinks. Yeah, it's gross. Here's my one thing that I want to get across. Couples doing couples exercises, I don't, I don't care about. Again, like do what makes you happy. Oh. But but when they're vaguely yeah. sexual, yeah, no, 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 real, real, real quick, yeah, no, that's a that's a very positive note. Be happy in your relationships. Go on. But when it's like not even vaguely, it's just outright sexual. It's really uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, that especially, was a big buck. especially when like the guy starts like grunting and yelling as he's like doing whatever he's doing. It's kind of like, okay, man. <laughs> like, they, start, they they start making Wimbledon sounds. Yeah, it's like I can't look away because you're yelling. Like, <laughs> like I could hear you through my headphones, and this is just Thanks. weird. I don't know what you're doing with a medicine ball where you're like interlocked, like two spiders hugging each other. I don't know what exercise that is. Like, you're not you're not privy to that uh that workout routine. Yeah, I haven't seen it. You know, maybe there's some YouTube videos that you can send me, but like. <laughs> I, I don't think you want to be getting the uh, videos from that part of YouTube, my friend. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I definitely don't. But it's like I've just seen some weird, weird exercises over the last little while, is like exclusively with couples, and I'm like, I don't get it. I, I don't. I don't get. I don't get gym culture at all. I think it's weird. <laughs> I, I'm I'm sad to be a part of it in some minor way, and. I think it's gross, and I think it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy that uh that I've got you know the two dumbbells that I do, so I don't have to leave my house. I'm so I'm so happy. Yeah, but you're I've a big that. garage guy. You're a big uh, open the door of the garage guy. <laughs> yeah, and let the let the wind come in. That's yeah, nice. Let, I mean, it's not let, like let I'm the flexing on drive it. by. Yeah, it's not like I'm flexing on anybody. It's a bunch of families. Like I live in a very a quiet neighborhood. There's no uh, there's no prospects near me. I'll I'll put it that way. <laughs> I don't know if I no, uh, I don't know if I would have made that distinction, but <laughs> I can't. So I no, get why you I'm did. just I'm just saying that's not the reasoning for it. If I didn't do that, it'd be fucking hot in the garage. And right. you know, I live I live in I live in San Diego. I want to take advantage of it. I want to be outside. So yeah, you know, you know, screw me, I guess. But you know, when you're sitting at a desk for 12 hours trying not to kill yourself, uh, you want to get a little, you want to get a little sunlight. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm saying you're right. All the you're 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 right. All the 80 year olds and all the eight year olds. Yeah, check right. me out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Good job. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> all right, it's past your bedtime, right? It's. It's past my bedtime. It is. It's time for me to go. Um, I just want to give a shout out um, to all the people who reach out and make fun of me when they when they finally listen to the podcast. I enjoy it. Uh, rate. You're supposed to, you're you're supposed to read 
read reviews on the air, Tim. No, these ones I'm not going to review. These ones I'm not going to say. <laughs> I want you guys to uh, rate, uh, subscribe, review, follow us. Um, we're hopefully going to be doing a lot more of these as the months go on because I don't have the same fervor for reading thousands of pages of case law anymore. <laughs> so Yeah, we're, we're, we're deep in the recesses of 3LOL. Uh, and for those of you yeah. that don't know what that means, Google it because yeah. it, there, there's some uh, funny Tony, stuff on Facebook and Instagram about it. <laughs> Tony, anything to uh, anything before we go? Uh, no. Um, it was good to bring the piano back. Um, I will say uh, that, that that was good. Bring out the uh, the scotch and a cigar and just kind of sit down and think about Christopher Nolan and what, uh, you know, the the way that we interact with the world, the way that we move through the world and how, uh, you know, our understanding is based purely on our experience. So, uh, you know, there we go. And bong hit. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, thanks guys for listening. Like Tim said, rate, subscribe, review, and, uh, we'll be back soon. JDF play us out. Time and daylight's on the way like See, I'm in the call back I just took a jet of shit and cleaning the Mac Like a cinema, really caught up in the past I was in the garden when I thought it wouldn't last Wasn't good enough, now the secrets are the bag I can out of pocket like I'm falling up the cab You do Uber, got a feeling out of grass Ever since somebody told me you ain't want it back Told me you ain't want it back Cause you know I had to make time 18 minutes only on a FaceTime Baby, just say something You wanted patience Twice the week ain't up for a great one Got me feeling weak, I wouldn't say the case strong for a week Better yeah, I shouldn't make one Rather let you go than let you spend time wasted Rather let you know and cover all my bases Rather hard a heart than empty Rather have no heart than anything Rather have no heart